Blessed are the feet of who does what? Who proclaims peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things. Who proclaims salvation. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. Blessed are the feet. Not the face of the one who brings good news, but the feet. The emphasis is on the feet because the feet are dusty. The feet are cracked. So the goodness of the news is not coming because of the beauty of my face. I am just the feet, the cracked feet. I am not fit to bring the news. That's the point. The emphasis is for you to look to the good news. So God has raised a vessel like me, a cracked pot, a cracked vessel, cracked feet, very bad looking toes, and yet he has put his gospel, his treasure in an earthen vessel. He has raised someone who is not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> it would have been easier for me to preach in Zimbabwe because I am, I'm a Shona speaker. And that would be natural for me. And I could speak very well. I'm very good in Shona. But he brought me to speak and teach the gospel in English. So if there's anything that comes out right, it's the Lord's doing. He is showing you that. It's him who is talking and teaching his word through a very weak vessel. And as you will see, and if you have talked to me for any length of time, I tend to get more clearer the more that I talk about Christ. If you're just talking to me in ordinary conversation, I'm not as clear. <laughs> so praise the Lord for that. Genesis 1, verses 14 to 18. <laughs> Here, Brother Lou, find Genesis 1. <laughs> Genesis 1, verses 14 to 18. This is going to be a primer of my message. This is not where my message is coming from. But the Lord gave me some understanding that I think would be edifying to everybody who is here tonight and anybody else who may hear as the Lord has determined. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He met the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. The word of the Lord. The moon, the sun, and the gospel. The creation story is a preaching of the gospel. The sun and the moon are given for the preaching of the gospel. Apostle Paul said in Romans 16, 25 to 27, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel 
and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God has been made known to all the nations leading to obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be the glory forever. Amen. So the gospel has been kept secret for long ages past, but now has been revealed in its fullness. And you're probably wondering, where is the gospel in the creation story? Where is the gospel in the sun and the moon? But here we have the preaching of the gospel. We have the preaching of the old covenant and the new covenant. We are sovereign grace people. We believe that the law, the old covenant, was given as a servant to prepare for the coming of the new. And the new was ushered in by the coming of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And God has been teaching this right from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end of Revelation. So let's go to our text in Genesis 1, and I'll show you how this text actually teaches the gospel. According to verse 16, God, that is verse 16 of Genesis 1, God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. What is that talking about? That is talking about the sun and the moon. Those are the two lights that are being talked about. The moon shines at night, but the sun brings about the daylight. But what is that saying? God was preaching the gospel by these two lights. The heavens declare the glory of God. That is, they declare the glory of Christ. They declare the gospel. The moon is the lesser light that ruled the night. That is darkness. Before the actual light from the sun comes in the morning. The moon has no light of itself. The moon has no light of itself. It only reflects to the darkness. It only reflects to the darkness, the light that is in the sun. It is the sun that possesses light in itself. The moon is a dark place. It does not have light intrinsic to it. The moon then, like the law, only has the shadow of the good things. It has the shadow of the good things. The good things to come. It only has the shadow of the sun. The moon only has light that comes from the sun. It only reflects the light which is not its own light, but the light of another. Hebrews 10, 11. We'll keep working it and you see what the Lord is giving me. Hebrews 10, verse 1. For the law, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices 
which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Apostle Paul says of the law that it had the shadow of things to come, but the substance or reality is found or belongs to Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. The law only had the shadow. So the law only had the shadow. The law only had a picture, a type, but did not have the substance. The moon has no light of its own, but only reflects that which comes from the sun to those who are aware, those who are in darkness. And so the law reflects the light of the righteousness of the gospel, the righteousness of Christ, to those who are in the darkness of sin, but has no righteousness to give you, for it only is a shadow. The law has no righteousness to give you. It only reflects the light, the righteousness of Christ. When you're talking about a shadow, if I have ice cream, and you can see the shadow of the ice cream, you can eat that shadow for all you want. For the longest time that you can eat it, but you can't say you had ice cream because it's just a shadow. The substance is in the one who is holding it. So the law only had the shadow, but it had nothing to give you. It had no righteousness to give you. It only reflected the righteousness, the light that was coming in Christ, the light of the greater light. The one who glories in the law are glorying in the light of the moon and not in the actual source of the light, that is the sun. The sun in this context stands for the righteousness of Christ. It stands for the gospel. The sun has light to itself. It has light intrinsic to itself. And until the sun shows up in its fullness, you remain in darkness. So as long as you remain under the law, the law is only reflecting that which does not belong to it. And the law cannot give you something that it does not have. And the law does not have righteousness to give. It only tells you of the righteousness to come. So Jesus Christ is called in Malachi 4.2, the son of righteousness. Son of righteousness. S-U-N. The son of righteousness. But when the sun rises, there's no more need of the light from the moon because of the glory that surpasses it. Once one is in Christ, there's no need to be under the law because of the glory of the gospel that surpasses it. But the moon is there to testify of the fact that the world is in darkness. You would not see the light that's being reflected from the moon unless you were in the dark. You will not see it. So the moon is there to testify of the fact that the world is in darkness and needs some illumination, even by reflecting a light that is not its own. The moon testifies of the sun. If the sun was not there, you would not even know that the moon existed. The moon is the lesser light. The moon is the lesser light. God said in Genesis 1, 
the moon is the lesser light and testifies of the greater light. The law had glory, but its glory was fading. Its glory was lesser. First, Second Corinthians 3, go with me. You have to read it. Second Corinthians 3, 7 to 11. Second Corinthians 3, verses 7 to 11. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Verse 10. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Hear that? The ministry of the gospel exceeds much more in glory the ministry of the law. And the ministry of the law was passing away because it was being succeeded by that which was more glorious. More glorious because of the righteousness of Christ. So only the ministry of the gospel remains. You don't use the light from the moon for illumination during the day when the sun itself is shining. You don't. You don't. So the ministry of the law is fading away. The light of the law is fading away because the light never was intrinsic to the law. The law was just given to testify of the greater light. Hebrews 3, 46. And this is all for free. Brother Mike. Hebrews 3, verses 4 and 46. What is not being understood in the teaching of the gospel in the church is the relationship between the law and the gospel. The relationship between Moses and Christ. Moses, Moses is a servant. He's a servant in God's house. Moses cannot have a permanent role in the life of God's people. Moses only gives testimony of Christ. And beyond that, Moses is done. So here, if that's what the writer of Hebrews is teaching, consistent with what we have already had. Hebrews 3, 4 to 6. Every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as what? As a servant. For a testimony, you see, Moses is bearing testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, that's the contrast, as a son of his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So Moses, God says, Moses was a builder of a house. And Moses was faithful in his ministry. But he was faithful in God's house, occupying a lesser position, holding a lesser light as a servant. And his purpose was to bear testimony, not of himself, but of those things which would be spoken afterward. 
So what is that saying? It is saying Moses had a temporary function. The law had a temporary function to prepare the way for things that would be spoken later. What things? The things of Christ. The things of Christ who comes not as a servant, like Moses was, but as the son of his own house. You see the distinction? Moses is a servant in God's house. Christ is the son. So that is telling you something about the function of the law. Moses is the mediator of the law. And Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. He is the mediator of God's righteousness. So what is that saying? Moses is testifying of the good things to come. The things to come. And what is that saying? It's saying the gospel is greater in glory than the law because it comes in the person of the son. Who is preferred over the servant. So the superiority of the son is telling you that the law occupies a lesser role, a lesser function, a servant position. And if you had house servants, house servants, like in Zimbabwe, a lot of people have house servants. They do all the work. But a house servant never is part of the inheritance. They don't inherit anything. It doesn't matter how much they work. They don't inherit anything. And so the law was never given for your inheritance. God never uses the law for inheritance. The inheritance has to be in the son. And now by the gospel, God calls you the sons of God. Why? Because by the righteousness of Christ, God has moved you. From being under the law into the blessedness of being called the children of God. The son is also preferred over the servant. And the son continues to live in the house of the father. And has a continuing relationship with the father as the heir of all things. See the difference between the servant and the son. It's very, very purposeful language. The Holy Spirit is using this illustration to try and convey an understanding of the relationship between the law and Christ. A servant occupied a temporary, temporary position. The law, according to Apostle Paul in Galatians, was a tutor. The best understanding of the tutor is a babysitter. The law was a babysitter. It babysits the kids. Right? It babysits the kids. But the babysitter can never say the kids are mine. And you only need a babysitter until your kids turn what? Maybe 12. And afterwards, you don't need a babysitter anymore. So the law was a babysitter. It occupied a temporary function to bring you to Christ. And once that is done, it's done. So the law occupied a temporary and lesser position. And John the Baptist said of the son, he was preferred before him. Jesus Christ was preferred before John the Baptist. The straps of whose sandals, John said, he was unworthy to untie. So what John the Baptist is saying to us is that Christ is preferred over everything. And 
Once John the Baptist has led you to Christ as the last of the prophets, he has to decrease and Christ has to increase. Christ and John the Baptist, Christ and Moses cannot share the same stage. The law was given to prepare the stage for the main act. The law was just an opening act. You, when you have the Super Bowl, they may have some local band come and warm up things for people, but people did not come to see them for the night. They came to see the Steelers beat someone. So the law prepared us. It prepared the stage for the arrival of Christ so that you needed by the law to know what your problem was that Christ had come to solve. So the law was given as x-rays. And x-rays don't treat anybody. It tells you that you have a broken rib. X-rays tells you that you have pneumonia, but no doctor in their mind ever prescribes x-rays to treat pneumonia. So the law was never for treatment. It was only for recommendation for treatment. And so the understanding that we have to have, if we have to truly honor Christ and not try to take glory away from Christ, we have to acknowledge the discontinuity of the law that is the old covenant as it was mediated by Moses the servant. And we have to affirm unabashedly the permanence and superiority of Christ and the gospel and the righteousness of God that is in the gospel. And all that came from reading Genesis 1 on the moon and the sun. It's a primer. I'm still working on the sermon. It's not finished. That's all I had to say on that. I, I call it uh, court worship. We always, I always do that. I, I'm working theology. I'm going to write a full sermon on it sometime. So you're going to hear it. But I have it recorded. So that was just a primer. Now, now, every time you look at the sun and the moon, you should be able to see the gospel. Praise the Lord.